And I want to speak to you this morning for a little while on our union with the Savior. To me, it's the most astounding thing that the Lord should not only forgive us our sins and die in our room instead and deliver us, made provision for us to be delivered from the power of sin, but to know that he has brought us into a personal, infinite, intimate union with himself. I want to speak to that point for a few moments. And I want you to turn with me with your Bibles. You may as well have your Bible open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just leave it open for a moment. And I'm going to discuss one or two things before we come to that. Our union with him. As I said a moment ago, we've been brought into a wonderful intimate relationship and life with our Savior beyond all human comprehension. That you and I, according to Corinthians 12, 13, we were baptized into the body of Christ and all have been made to drink of that one self-same spirit. Each one who accepts the Lord Jesus has come into a relationship with him, have been joined to him in an indissoluble union. And what is God doing today? He's building a church. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary. Dr. Mitchell has been speaking of the evidences of the filling of the Spirit. He now wants to speak for a few minutes on union with the Savior. He begins with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, and this speaks of Christians as being baptized into the body of Christ. Now, the biblical term body of Christ refers to the church of which Christ is the head. It is his body. And Christians are members one with another, and each one a member in particular in his body, the church. Now, Dr. Mitchell brings out that each Christian has been gifted by the Holy Spirit to serve Christ in the body of Christ with that particular gift that God has given to that person. So let's open our Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, to begin this study on spiritual gifts with Dr. Mitchell. You're listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. This morning we're taking up our union with the Savior. We have been dealing in the past few lessons about being filled with the Spirit of God, what it means to be filled, the opposition to a Spirit-filled life, the evidences of a Spirit-filled life, the fruit of the Spirit, and so on. One could go on. And I want to speak to you this morning for a little while on our union with the Savior. To me, it's the most astounding thing that the Lord should not only forgive us our sins and die in our room instead and deliver us, made provision for us to be delivered from the power of sin, but to know that he has brought us into a personal, infinite, intimate 
union with himself. I want to speak to that point for a few moments. <clears throat> and I want you to turn with me with your Bibles. You may as well have your Bible open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just leave it open for a moment. And I'm going to discuss one or two things before we come to that. <clears throat> Our union with him. As I said a moment ago, we've been brought into a wonderful, intimate relationship and life with our Savior, beyond all human comprehension. That you and I, according to Corinthians 12, 13, we were baptized into the body of Christ, and all have been made to drink of that one self-same Spirit. Each one who accepts the Lord Jesus has come into a relationship with Him, have been joined to Him in an indissoluble union, and what is God doing today? He's building a church. I think of that passage in Acts 15 where, where James, the head of the church, said how that Simon Peter has spoken unto you, how God in the past visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this bear all the words of the prophets. After this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David which has fallen down and so on. And today we see what God is doing. For these last 1,900 or more years, he's been building a church, something entirely new. You don't hear of it in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we knew, of course, that Gentiles were going to be saved because Simon here quotes from the Old Testament prophets concerning the fact that God's going to visit the Gentiles and gather out of them a people for his name. And after he's through with that job, he's going to return. And you and I are living at the end of this age, the church to be built. And it is being built now for 1,900 years. And a new thing. For example, you read in your Bible, I give, uh, what's the word to use this? Give offense to no man, to Jew or Gentile or the church of God. So you got three groups today. In the Old Testament, you have Jew and Gentile. In the New Testament after resurrection, we have three. The Jew, the Gentile, and the Church of God. The body of believers knitted together to the person of our wonderful Savior. See, when we were saved, as I said a moment ago, we were brought into a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we come to the fact that having been brought to Christ, we're made members one of another. The first thing I want to say, we are members one of another. In verse 12, we read, As the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. You have it in verse 20. But now are they many members, yet but one body. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Members in particular. I would suggest Romans chapter 12. You put down this connection. Romans chapter 12 verses oh, 04 to 8 or 9 in there where he takes up the same thing. But here we have a real union joined together in one body, but I like the thought too in verse 27 that every believer is a member in particular. 
I want to emphasize that fact. There are millions upon millions in the church of Christ. And you are very particular to God individually. You say, well, Mr. Mitchell, I'm the weakest of God's children. All right, I'll take your word for it. But you're very particular to God. Members in particular. And the second thing I want to mark is that every believer has a gift. We have different offices and different gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. God is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. Let's get this thing very, very clear. We have different gifts. I don't want to take up the time to take up all these gifts. I just suggest if you are in the body of Christ and you've got a particular place in the body of Christ and no one can take your place. The eye, it goes on to say, the eye can't say to the ear, I have no need of you. The hand can't say to the foot, I have need, no need of you. My little finger, that little wee thing, that little bent thing, yeah, that little thing has a special place in the body of Christ. Sometimes you don't recognize it until you lose it. And then when you lose it, you get, what's the matter here? What's the matter with my finger? It affects you. Each one has a special place. What I'm trying to get to your heart is you are very special to God. And he's put you in the body as it has pleased him. Now the danger is we want the other fellow's gift. We want the other fellow's position. You can't imitate spiritual gifts. Nobody can take your place. It's what God does. I didn't want to be a preacher, for example. I didn't want to be a Bible teacher. If I'm going to preach, if I'm going to be a preacher, well, then, Lord, make me evangelist. Everybody loves an evangelist, you know. You don't step on toes when you're an evangelist. Everybody loves the evangelist. And I'll enjoy gospel preaching. And I've been blessed in that. Then he put me in a normal school of the Bible to teach. You step on toes. Hmm? I had to come to the place. I'm not the boss. You know. The Lord is the one who's in place of our time. He puts you where he wants you. Look, let me give you an illustration. You look for a job. So you, you get a job in a plant where there's a number of people. He doesn't make you the, the president. He doesn't make you the, the head of the, or a foreman. And by the way, uh, don't aspire to be a foreman. You know, if you want a headache, you get it all right. 
but you're under the big boss. It's not a question of being jealous of one another. The question is cooperation. The business will not go along smoothly unless each one in their place cooperate. You don't kick about that. You do the job you're given to do. Is that right? And if you do a good job, he might, he might put you up and give you a better job. But God's put you in the body of Christ as it has pleased him. And what he wants is cooperation, not jealousy, not contention. Each one has a place. I have to recognize that. I'm only one in the body of Christ. I can't take your place. You can't take my place. Each one is gifted to do the job he wants to do. All he wants is for you and me to be dedicated to him, yielded to him, so that he, by the Spirit of God, will do what he wants done. And the building up and the purposes is for the building up of the body and for the edification of the body. Now you find that in Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 12 on. That God's put in the body of Christ, apostles, pastors, uh, uh, evangelists, teachers, what for? For the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. What's the ministry? For the increase of the body, that's soul winning. For the edification of the body, the building up of every believer in Christ. And when each one takes their place in the body of Christ, you've got a wonderful time of blessing. You're useful. But we get jealous. As Paul goes here to the Grecian church, you bite and devour one another. Take heed lest you be consumed one of another. That's a danger. Each one is particular to God. I know he says in chapter 40 in the first Corinthians to, to honestly uh, desire the best gift. But he's sovereign. And sometimes God gives a man more than one gift. I think I like a man like Dr. Ironside, for example, who was pastor of the Moody Church for many, many years, dear man of God. He has, he has two wonderful gifts. He's an amazing gospel preacher. He's a wonderful Bible teacher. But he's a poor pastor. Uh, I can't be a Mr. Moody, you know. I can't be a Mr. Sankey. I can't sing like him. I can't be a Mr. Spurgeon. I can't be a Billy Graham. He's put me where he wants me. And remember again, let me emphasize again, God never rewards greatness. God rewards faithfulness to him and to his people. Let's keep this in mind. But we're members one of another. We're joined to him. And the Holy Spirit is the chief executive. Hmm? He indwells every believer. We've already taken that up. That your body has become the sanctuary of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which you have of God and you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your bodies and in your spirits which are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you remember, uh, 18 and 19. 
you follow it through. The marvelous thing is that we're in the body of Christ. And the purpose is, the purpose is for the building up of the body of Christ, soul winning, edifying the body of Christ so that each one takes his place to be used by the Spirit of God for the reaching men and women for Christ. Some of that ministry is unseen. Now you see my arm, but you can't see my liver. Huh? <laughs> I'm glad for that. <laughs> you can see my head, but you can't see my tummy. Some, some organs are not seen, but they're very valuable. I've got a body with all kinds of organs, and every one is particular. Some are large, and some are very, very, very small. Sometimes you need a microscope to see them. But they all have a place in the body. of, And if when they all function, I'm healthy and well and strong. Hmm? When some don't function, then I have a problem. Now, the body of Christ, you are a member in particular in the body of Christ, and you have a place to function. And when you don't function and not walking with God, then you affect the body. No man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. And even you, yeah, little old you, little old me, you're very special to God. I want you to keep that in mind. You are very special to God. You may never be known by this world. That's neither here nor there. You're special to God. He's put you in the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. The Spirit of God indwells every believer. And we've been knitted together by the baptism of the Spirit into one body. That's function. As I said a while ago, there's no room for, for competition. No room for jealousy. The one, one, Christ. You can't get along without me. And I can't get along without you. We're all knitted together, working together for the glory of Christ, for the building up of the cross of the church, the bringing in of precious souls to become members of the body of Christ and to function for edification. I hope I made myself clear on this. How many is very special to God? Would it be, would it be, how many are very special to God? Put your hands up. Let me see. You mean you are very special to God? You? Well, that's infinite grace, isn't it? And when I look in the looking glass, I also say it's infinite grace. Boy, what a wonderful thing. Now, I said a while ago, the, the Spirit of God is sovereign in our position in the body of Christ. I've been talking to that point. That's chapter 12, verse 18, you remember. God hath set the members, every one in the body, as it hath pleased him. At verse 18 of chapter 12. And then the, the next thing is, the Holy Spirit is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. Verse 4 and verse 11. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
verse 4 and verse 11. And God hath put, uh, worketh that one in the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. We can't dictate to the Lord what gift we should have. Let's get this thing very clear. You can't dictate to the Lord what gift you will have. He is sovereign in that. I know you see somebody else, oh boy, I'd like to have a gift like that. I know. I know. I know how you feel about it. Sometimes you feel stymied, don't you? Oh, if I only had the other fellow's gift, what I would do. No, you wouldn't. Spirit of God is sovereign. He bestows a gift. We can't dictate to God. He is sovereign in that. If I only will grow strangely dim. 
time he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. You can write us at The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word is dependent on the support of our listeners. That's The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.